Hey guys, welcome back into the podcast today. My name is Ashton, and today we are going to be talking about the Chiefs and the rest of the NFL. Then we'll transition into basically college football, and then we'll transition into the NBA, and then we'll transition into college basketball. So I have a, a guest with me today here. What's up, First guys? time guest. Chris Miller, he has his own podcast. Chris, take it away. Hello, everybody. Well, first off, Ashton, thanks for having me on. Mm-hmm. I was My a little pleasure. bit late this morning, and he was gracious with me. But Ashton, before I get into all this other stuff, you were one of my inspirations with the podcast. Really? Really, whenever I was thinking about starting a podcast, I was asking around, and someone said, hey, talk to Ashton. He's got a podcast. And lo and behold, I go on Spotify. And there are not just one, not just two, but several different episodes. So thank you for taking that step. Of course. He mentioned, or you mentioned, I'm just going to talk to you like the audience doesn't exist and they can listen in. But you mentioned that I'm starting a podcast and I have been working on the podcast, Talk to People with Chris Miller. It is a variety of conversations with interesting people talking about interesting things. I love talking to people, so it's a good opportunity for me to get better at that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, create some content. That way, people could listen in. Maybe they relate to some of the conversations. Maybe they're intrigued by them. But the whole thesis, the whole premise of the podcast is life is better when we talk to people and when we can understand how people have things going on in their lives. There's a variety of things that people deal with. It's what spices things up and it what's make everything better. Um, so thank you for letting me be here. The podcast. I've been thinking about this. OK, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do a launch day a for launch the podcast day. because okay. I've been working on a website mm-hmm. and then I'm going to do some photo shoots okay. to get some photos. Are you going to work with Robert? Working with Robert. OK. And my goal is to have this podcast launch. By Christmas morning. Okay. So December 25th of 2022, I want to give a Christmas gift to all of you folks listening in. And that's going to be some incredible conversations and a great way to start your morning. So Christmas morning, unwrap your gifts and let one of those gifts be some good conversation. Okay. Sweet deal. Okay. Now we're going to transition to the Chiefs here. Um, so we're going to talk about, uh, Chiefs first seven weeks, um, highlights, downsides, uh, and then we'll talk about a fight that happened in front of me, um, when I was right in front at the Chiefs and Raiders game, uh, talk about all that. So the Chiefs first seven weeks, uh, they're five and two, um, their last game against the 49ers, probably their best game. Um, funny thing is I watched like three and a half quarters and I just was kind of like, you know what? Remainder of the fourth doesn't even really matter because they, they've basically put this game away. So, uh, I'm impressed. I really am. That was a tremendous performance by Juju, MVS, Arquiz Valdez-Scantling, if you didn't know. Um, the whole offense played really well. And then the defense... They came up with some key stops, um, especially right before half. They got a 
Josh Joshua Williams came up with an interception right at the goal line, right after we threw a pick, and they went down the field, and we got it right back. And so kudos yeah. to the defense for stepping up big time. Yeah, and talk about that last two minutes for the first half. There was turnovers like crazy. Defensive performance, great. Jimmy G couldn't pull it out. No. He could not pull it out. Shout out to Pat Mahomes. We're like his kryptonite, so. He is, I tell people this, if football doesn't work out for him, male modeling well. Porn star Jimmy. That man <laughs> is one of the most attractive athletes. My opinion, of course, but if you haven't lo- seen him, look up Jimmy Garoppolo. Pat Mahomes did his thing. I know people were really nervous having Tyreek Hill out, him going to Miami, thinking, how's Juju going to work? He's done pretty well. He's had some big plays. I think that the next few weeks, especially as we get close to the postseason, I feel confident that he and Pat are going to develop a little bit more of that brother chemistry and figure out where each person is. But, yeah, I was in South Carolina watching that game. And I, I was grateful to be rooting for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing quite well, like you said, five and two. Other than that loss to the Colts. Yeah. Oh, that was the downside. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> so that was for those. Well, I recently got into sports betting and I was feeling a lot of moxie that day for some reason that morning. Oh. And I'm looking at all the different. I remember props. talking with the bets with you. Yes. Yeah. I was talking about these bets and it was like oh yeah that's definitely gonna happen so travis kelsey i guess didn't wake up that morning neither did pat mahomes nobody did yeah nobody did so the chiefs if we put that colts loss aside they had a what really close game with the raiders they Mm -hmm. pulled that out and the only other loss that we have is the buffalo bills game the buffalo bills right and whenever you lose to josh allen in their squad, things could be better, but at the same time, losing to them, you tip your cap to them because mm-hmm. they're crushing it. Uh, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about predictions later, but yeah, I kind of like the Bills. I know the Bills; they're pretty good. It's they're good enough reason to give you pause and go, okay, we're not the absolute favorites. There's someone close to our level, if not better than us. Um, you know, what can the Chiefs improve on? Um, mainly their pass rush. I feel like that's something that we desperately need. Mainly since Chris Jones, he's playing at an all-pro level. Mm-hmm. He's playing really great. Frank Clark, he's better, but not 2019 better. He's He's kind of... He's improving from his last two, three years, but he's not the the level that he was when we won the, the world championship. Um, and Carlos Dunlap, he's been okay. He's actually been one of our best defensive pass rushers. Um, would you believe me if I told you um, out of all NFL defensive linemen, there's like 100 of them? He's ranked 91st in pass rush win rate. Hey, that's not the 91 percentile you want to be a part of. No, that's one of the worst. Um, And he's actually the only defensive defensive lineman 
uh, from the Chiefs group on on that top 100 defense alignment when they pass rush. So that's just ay ay ay. I found that out on 610 Sports Radio by the way. Um shout out to 610. 610. They they do they do amazing work. They do I mean, great work. I know that. Yeah. Ashton you are young and nascent whenever it comes to this create creating content and being a part of the sports world but i think you're getting close to them oh well thank you good sir <laughs> all right um so next we'll be talking about why the nfl won't change the roughing the passer that uh, when when you're trying to get to the quarterback you gotta get him on the ground and I don't know if any of you guys watched the Chris Jones sack and then the Grady Jarrett Jack like a couple days beforehand um, where he sacked Tom Brady. That's a tongue twister in and of itself. Um, Both of those were not roughing the passer. The NFL is not going to change that rule. And even though those were both sacks and and Chris Jones' defense – he stripped the ball before he sacked him, and then he landed on top of him. And then he braced himself as well. Yeah, he he tried to brace himself, and the NFL still says that's actually the correct call in roughing the passer. But what's the pro like that? Technically, the ball has been stripped from him. Derek Carr is no longer the passer. He got stripped. He was not. Technically, even in the throwing motion, and he landed right on top of him. And so, like, Chris Jones had the ball in one hand, tried to brace with the other hand. He doesn't have three hands to get himself off of Derek Carr and not totally put all of his weight on top of him. Mm-hmm. And so... You you mentioning that gives me a really good idea. Could we get Chris Jones a third hand? I wish we could. <laughs> that would be great. If we can't clone Chris Jones to be a part of that line, then at least could we give him a third hand, especially mm-hmm. when the roughing the passer calls are going against him that way. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like a textbook play. It was. Defensively, it seemed like he was able to get to the QB. He was able to get the ball. He was able to, after that, he was up and he was heading towards the end zone. And for those of you who know Chris Jones – all-star, he is really the cornerstone of that defensive line. And not only is he an incredible athlete, his whole family is made up of incredible athletes. Mm-hmm. He's got multiple brothers who are world champions in their respective sports. And he's been crushing it for the Chiefs. So to see him come up with a big play like that, and he could be rewarded for his efforts, possibly even take it back to the house. Mm-hmm. because sure he ain't the quickest fella but that's going to be a tough fella to take down yeah it's when you got chris <laughs> jones with the ball so i remember watching that and you were actually in the stadium weren't you yes i was i watched all of that and i my head was exploding like how he stripped the ball how how is that roughing the passer like at that point the quarterback's not the quarterback anymore. That's just a that's a defensive player. At mm-hmm. that point, mm-hmm. quarterback becomes a defensive player, and he just happened to land right on top of quote unquote the quarterback. And you could in reality, but uh, 
Derek Carr's the defensive player in that position. Right. So you could speak more to this, but just hearing the crowd from the television, oh they were gosh. livid. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I lost some hearing after that game. Uh, I mean, you lose a little bit of hearing after every Chiefs game, but that one was more significantly more uh, in hearing. Uh, oh, I got a text from Jimmy. Oh, fun. Um, I bet that so the roughing the passer call. It was. Oh, it was through the roof. Everybody was so livid. And your question being, why won't they change that roughing the passer call? Yeah. And the impetus of this attention on this idea of roughing the passer with Tua getting his brain boggled with oh my gosh. all yeah. these different players yeah. who are dealing with concussions, the NFL is trying to do damage control. Mm-hmm. And you see these commercials the NFL has, and they're talking about how they're developing a new helmet and mm-hmm. how they're going above and beyond all these medical trials to create a helmet that's going to reduce brain injury. But the reality of the thing is, is whenever you have these men who are at their prime of athletic output, also they are built in a way in which a in whole industry goes to create them to be these machines, you can't create the brain to be stronger, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can give the muscle structure on the body, you can boost that like crazy and give it all the amino acids and the, the creatines and the, all of the building blocks to make that bigger, but you can't go in and make your brain stronger. So mm-hmm. we just have to eliminate if you really want to eliminate brain injury, then you're going to have to eliminate like high speed collision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that needs to be a broad brush stroke. It shouldn't be just limited to, Hey, we can't touch the quarterback whenever he's in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defensive line's job is to touch the quarterback when he's in the pocket to at least prevent the quarterback from making a play. So, if they want to really be concerned about brain injury, they should be looking at the cornerbacks, at the safeties, at these people who are having to stretch their whole body out to make a play. Because mm-hmm. I've watched so many guys get their neck jammed. Mm-hmm. And then past that, their limbs start to go what rigor mortis. And mm-hmm. it's not a good picture. So I get why the NFL cares about this whole roughing the passer because they want to prevent brain injury particularly it just happened to a qb on a really large national scale and it was pretty ugly because Mm -hmm. the team had cleared him to play even though it was evident he couldn't even get up and walk um Mm -hmm. you know a few days prior so they're trying to do damage control i get it but it needs to be a lot more thought out Mm -hmm. and the defensive players shouldn't be held to be the ones who pay for it. Yeah. They get a lot of crap thrown at them. Um, and it's totally unfair and uncalled for. And honestly, like, the only reason you want to be a defensive player now in the league is to get that check. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's, like, the only reason. Um, like, I wouldn't even want to be on that side of the ball. I'd rather be on the offensive side of the ball, make highlight real plays and, and do all the cool and fun stuff on the defensive plays like more times than not you're getting burned 
and then you're getting yelled at or booed by the fans, and, you know, everybody's like, you're the reason we're losing, and such and such. Like, it's honestly, like, there's a lot of scrutiny that comes with playing with the defensive side of the ball, and then on top of that, the rules are, like, handcuffing you in a way where you, you can't really sack the quarterback um, in a way like you have to sack a, a quarterback in a very very specific way. Right, have and to push him down. You yeah. can't take him down. Like it, if and if you don't do it that very specific way, then oh, that's a 15-yard penalty there, sir. And Rich Eyes on the Rich Eisen show that I love listening to. They he prov- he said something of on the lines of let all 15-yard penalties be reviewed by New York because New York can call in any time that they want and be like, take that guy out because he's got a concussion. He, he's not looking good. And be able to apply that to some of the rules. That, like, sometimes New York is like the deciding factor of, oh, that's a fumble, mm-hmm. like on the field. They should have been able to been like on the Chris Jones play Specifically, they should have been like, "Hey, that's a fumble. That's not a. That's not roughing the passer. That's a, that's a fumble. Like that's yeah, totally. So, yeah, make it reciprocal, right? Yeah. If they are, and I'm about the whole. Hey, that guy, he hasn't been walking in a straight line in three plays. We need to take him out of action. Mm-hmm. And similarly, we need to make sure that that is being done on both sides because it cuts both mm-hmm. ways. Yes. To look into, hey, that wasn't a roughing the passer. There's no way a 300-pound man is going to be able to stop himself. Mm-hmm. The guy hadn't released the ball yet. That was a tackle. So. You want me to try and turn this off? Uh, nah, the AC unit's fine. We can't. I can't even hear it in the uh, headset, so we're good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to, you can try and turn it off, but. But yeah, so we'll cut a little bit of this out. So, um, so that Chiefs and Raiders game was intense, and what got really intense was the fight that almost broke out right in front of me. So there was a fight two two sections away, and I watched all of that happen, and that was something to behold. I don't know the guys at all um the sheriffs were coming through and they broke up the fight um i don't know if i saw anybody go in handcuffs at all so give us details who was the fight who were fighting one another was it chiefs versus raiders fans i believe so yeah so it was chiefs and raiders that all scuffled and broke out and then like the like the row right in front of me got in a fight with uh, a row in front of them, which were Ravens fans of all people, Ravens fans at a Chiefs and Raiders game. Hmm. You knew that they were drunk because mm-hmm. they picked the wrong jersey. Yeah, they picked the wrong jersey to begin with, and then on top Raiders, of that, Ravens, yeah, uh, sounds similar. But and so, what kind of started that fight was mainly like the one of the Ravens uh, older guys. Um, this was like an older man he was like he was picking on this one on this so there was these grandparents 
this husband and wife, and then uh, the husband had his brother there, and the husband had a daughter and a son there, and this, like, 12-year-old kid, like, not, like, 10, 11, 12 years old, I'd say right around that age, he, like, couldn't be any, like, yeah, anyways, so we'll continue, uh, what started the fight was the Ravens fan kept heckling and attacking the Chiefs, uh, the husband's character and, and pride and ego, in a sense, and just kept attacking that, and like, oh, you a big softy, huh? Like, you're going to cry now? You're going you're gonna to cry on your, your wife's shoulder? And that he just kept doing that. And for some reason, and again, this family that was right in front of me, they were all drinking alcohol. And so he was like, uh-huh, yeah. And like started to kind of like push back a little bit. And then like it, it got escalated to the point where the grandparents got involved um, and the wife's, wife was kind of like uh, so the chiefs the whole chiefs family tried to like de-escalate the situation but the ravens fans kept escalating the situation and they kept pushing everybody's buttons and so it just got to the point where like they were like okay we're done with this and then they started like the ravens sta- fans started pushing the chiefs fans and they pushed the sun directly in, into me and uh into the seats and I was like do you want me to take this kid off your hands so he doesn't like I don't know get murdered (laughs) and squashed to death and they were like uh yes please do and I was like okay so I literally baby uh not the baby it was like the the kid but there there was a baby there and the and like what's funny enough was like the grandma was like she was holding the baby and like one of the Ravens drunk fans like started climbing up and was like, you want to fight mother effort? And like pointing at the grandma with the baby in her hands. And I'm like, okay, you're obviously at like drunk here. And she like started climbing up and like to come over to fight. And like, we were all like, bro, what's going on? Like, come on. We're just trying to watch the game. This is a comedy skit. Yeah. Like this is like this is getting out of hand. What's going on here? And so, the security guy comes rushing down, and he's like, "What's going on here? What? Why are we starting a fight here? We just literally had one like two minutes ago. What? What's going on here now?" And then they kick the Ravens fans out because I think some of the some of the uh, Chiefs fans were like, "Hey, the, they're the ones that that started it." So. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that they got so. booted. Yeah, it sounds like Family Feud. Have you oh ever seen gosh. that show? Yeah, Family Feud. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The two families feuding it out. It's incredible whenever you gather. How many people can fit in that stadium? Is it Oh, 50,000? I want to say over 100,000. Whenever you gather that many people yeah. and then you throw alcohol into the mix. It's always unique. It's always <laughs> unique. And you are waiting for something to happen. Yeah. But I was just thinking of Family Feud and Steve Harvey. Oh, yeah. Family Feud. I love Family Feud. I have YouTube videos. So it's like uh, like a few-minute clips of like 
basically the highlights or like the funny parts of every so every episode. And oh my gosh, Steve I, Harvey is so yes. good at working. Whenever people are answering, his mm-hmm. reactions are so funny. Mm-hmm. And then he's really good at doing off the cuff humor. So whatever family is answering, they'll say something and he'll be like, huh? And then he'll have a really good one liner. But we don't want family feud happening at the Chiefs stadium, particularly whenever you have a baby in your arms. Yeah. You're not going to use that baby as a club. This at isn't least some I would video hope game. <laughs> <laughs> right. So let's make sure that we create a family friendly environment and let the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so that was a real eye opener. It impressed me that, uh, that, you know, the security guard got down there really quick. Yeah. Shout out to security. Um, That's gotta be one of the hardest jobs, especially mm -hmm. scaling around a stadium like that, going through crowds and trying to figure out what's what Mm -hmm. that's tough. Yeah. So that impressed me. Um, who's the player that has impressed you through seven weeks? We've been talking about Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. I have to mention Chris Jones. Sneed, also everywhere on the field, busting up plays. He is so valuable to us. Travis Kelsey is having a killer season. He almost broke a record with, what, four touchdowns in a game. Mm-hmm. He's setting records. He is one of the biggest blessings to the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is doing his thing. I feel I need to look at the stats. I feel like he's been throwing some picks a little bit more than usual. But yeah, he has like I want to say five or six picks. I don't know exactly what he averages. It's usually pretty low. It's like single digits. Right. It's usually pretty low. So I think for the most part, he's doing incredible. And that one play uh, where he threw it directly at a guy. Um, and Sky Moore was kind of like right behind the defender. Sky Moore was actually supposed to stop on that route and supposed to get in front of that defender, but he didn't. And so that pick actually wasn't supposed to be on Mahomes. Yeah, that's another thing is it's tough to be critical with quarterbacks because whenever we watch a quarterback and we watch them throw to be it a tight end or a receiver on a route, we only know 10% of it. We know that we know what we can see. What we don't know is what particularly their playbook looks like and all of the practice they've put in and the timing that they've already built. Mm -hmm. So whenever a pick is thrown like that, it could have completely been on the receiver's end, completely the receiver to blame, but we're definitely going to blame the quarterback. As far as outside the Chiefs, there have been a couple of players that I've been impressed by. I have been really impressed by Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. He's certainly putting the team on his back. Whenever he came and beat down Kansas City, I was blown away. I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have the NFL in great hands. I am particularly impressed by Aaron Rodgers this season. He has been crushing it. <laughs> Opposite day. I'm just getting I'm getting ahead of myself. I was about to say. But oh what's going on with gosh. Aaron Rodgers? What's going on with Russell Wilson? 
what's going on with these people? But shout out to Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. He is Jaylen crushing Hurts. it. Definitely a player that my fantasy quarterback. He is standing out. He what? They haven't lost this season, right? No, haven't lost this season. He's crushing it as the QB. So those are a few players to continue to watch. But as far as Chiefs Kingdom, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Sneed, and mm, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been okay. Juju's been doing good. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the players to watch. What about you? You got any others to add? Jalen Hurts was mainly my guy that I was going to run with. But, um, you know. What about for the Chiefs in particular? Chiefs. Uh, Jalen Watson, he's kind of that 99-yard pick, 97, I think it was. Incredible. Technically. That was a really big play. He's coming on. He's playing a lot. Um, Now Rashad Fenton's out. uh, McDuffie's out. And uh, so they have to be playing. Um, And so he's been coming on strong. He's been playing really well. Joshua Williams, he's kind of impressed me a little bit. Um, I kind of had high hopes for him, um, even though Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis took care of him um, a couple of times, and that led to the uh, touchdowns on the Bills. And, um, you know, outside of that, he, he's been playing tremendous football again. He, he got the interception in the 49ers game. So um, I think you, you only get better with experience. And so, you know, that's – Right now, that's pretty valuable experience for both Jalen Watson and McDuffie, who are rookies, and coming and stepping in and having to guard some of the best wide receivers in the league. They had to guard Debo, um, Samuel last game, and then um, they play the Titans next. So um, right now they're on their bye week, and uh, they're kind of getting away, um, having some away time from the uh, the – organization and enjoying themselves as they should um five and two um i would say Jalen watson um and joshua williams for the chiefs and then the nfl as a whole um Jalen hurts mainly my guy again fantasy i i mean it was kind of like how josh allen kind of splashed onto the picture he got Devontae Adams in the offseason, and they already had the number one rushing attack in the NFL from last year, and they brought that same whole offensive line staff, everybody back this year, and, like, you add a weapon? I mean, how do you get worse from that? And also, Jalen Hurts got playoff experience, even though they got obliterated by Tampa I mean, that's playoff experience, you know. You, you've been through the battle. You've, you know, you didn't win the war essentially or the battle, but I mean, but you made it to the playoffs. Yeah, you made it to the playoffs. You got some experience, the crucial stuff that that you needed. Um, you know, they didn't disappoint. You know, um, players. Who's been the biggest disappointment through seven weeks this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I can list off a whole bunch of names, but I want to cue a few marquee disappointments that I will mention. And I really want to figure out some other players beyond this, but of course you got Russell Wilson. 
Mm-hmm. He is the. He's not a billion dollar man, but he is multiple hundreds of million dollars of worth of man. Not producing. Aaron Rodgers. Not producing. Those are the two big marquee QBs that I can think of, but they're more beyond that. I would say Russell Wilson for sure, and Derek Carr. Uh, like you have Devonte Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller, you have Josh Al- Josh Jacobs. That offense should be the number one offense in the NFL, without hesitation. Now I know Darren Waller's been injured. Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro, they collided on the last play of the game against the Chiefs. And then that that was kind of funny, actually. Because <laughs> that, watching that in real time, I totally thought that was uh, defensive pass interference. I was, was like, oh, play. there's definitely a flag coming on this play. Because you see both of them go down, and you're like, oh, frick. And then you don't see a flag, and you're celebrating. You're like, yeah! And, you know, I was screaming, hollering, um, and, you know, that really, that was the last thing I expected was a a no call. And then to find out they ran into each other, um, I didn't know that. Like, uh, the play happened so quick, and it just, like, and from my point of view, my angle, I didn't really, I just saw the guys just go down. I didn't see them actually hit. And so... Yeah, that, it was a really weird yeah. freak play. But that was really disappointing on the Raiders' end. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, that's wow. That's wow. And, like, you would think that he'd be coming into a situation with Nathaniel Hackett, who's this offensive guru, and, uh, in quotations, guru. Um, and, but it didn't happen that way. You know, Nathaniel Hackett's actually probably going to be out of a job if they play really bad and if they can't handle the clock management situation all that well here in this next game, he's probably on the hot seat and out of a job in <laughs> eight weeks. That's mm-hmm. that's awful. Unfortunate, but the production level isn't there. Yeah. Also, the production level isn't there in, in Indianapolis. Um, they actually benched Matt Ryan for the whole year. Um, I don't know if you heard that. I saw that, and it's Um, not related to his shoulder, allegedly. So the dude leads the league in interceptions and fumbles and sacks uh, allowed on on his offense. Wow. Yeah. Was was that the person I was watching who was throwing picks left and right? Yeah, probably. Matt Ryan was supposed to step into this offense, and it was supposed to be significantly better than – when it was with Carson Wentz. I think right now they would actually take Carson Wentz back. I, at least if you're a Colts fan, I would consider it. That um, Patriots third stringer, Zappy. <laughs> man, Zappy. tough. You got Belichick there, but I was watching him play this weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was he was playing catch with the defenders. Yeah, not a good look. But um, Russell they, Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. There's something about Russell's. Now, they have a whole bunch of hype. Historically, they've crushed it. There's an argument that they're worth the price that they're being paid. And whenever I say there, I'm referring to Russell Wilson and Russell Westbrook. 
two people who should have crushed it, should have crushed these marquee places they were going to. Mm-hmm. Incredible markets. Denver just got bought out by Mr. and Mrs. Walmart, really the whole Walmart family. Mm-hmm. Then you have Russell Westbrook going to LA, arguably the biggest bas- basketball market in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And both have done a really bad job at performing. I don't understand the Russell Wilson bit. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the Russell Westbrook bit either. But particularly with Wilson. It, yeah, it's just, it's awful with Russell Wilson. I mean, he can't get anything to go offensively. Uh, he has, like, I, I don't know, because I've been listening to a lot of NFL players, and a lot of NFL players are saying that this is a timing system. You have to be on your P's and Q's in your timing system with the Broncos offense. And Russell Wilson's more of a uh, scramble and make something magical happen. And that's and so that's two different style offenses. And what I'm trying to struggle and figure out is, well, that still doesn't, like, Russell Wilson has had his, like, moments in this season where he's gone 10 for 10 in a quarter or, like, in the first half, mm-hmm. and then he plays absolute dog trash in the second half. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of like, what's igniting this? Is the like, obviously, like defenses have like a bit and a part to do with some of how you're playing. When the defense is, in a sense, in this kind of era of football, they're pretty much handcuffed, in a sense, compared to how it used to be. You should be able to put up. I'm not going to say 30, but at least 20 points on most teams, especially with the talent that they have on their offense. And, you know, I'm kind of starting to come to the conclusion. It's, it's pretty much everybody where it's the talent on, on the team, uh, the wide outs, the receivers, the running backs, tight ends, offensive line, head coach, quarterback, it's it's all it's all blowing up in everybody's face. And in the off season, I was really concerned that, you know, this division they got JC Jackson and and uh LA and Khalil Mack in LA. And then they got Randy Randy Gregory and and Denver and then uh Chandler Jones and and uh, Vegas, that this division was going to be a lot tougher. And I should have known that the Raiders are going to be the Raiders. The Chargers are going to be the Chargers and the Broncos are going to be the Broncos because we have the best quarterback. We have the best head coach. And honestly, that's why I'm going to actually predict them to go to the Super Bowl this year. The Chiefs I going am. all the way? Chiefs and, and Chiefs and Eagles. I honestly think it's going to be the, the Chiefs. Chiefs and Eagles. What about you? Well, I think that's a pretty good one, particularly with 6-0. and mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is crushing it. I mean, that he played a little bit of OU, mm-hmm. and I love Oklahoma, so I have a bit of affinity there. The Chiefs are doing their thing. So before I go on, what happens to the Bills? I think – they're going to have a home playoff game and the chiefs are going to come in there 
and we're going to steal one from them. Mm. I honestly do. Mainly because I know that this is like a, a fine line to walk and cross in the NFL. You didn't have all your guys, but Trent McDuffie, he's coming back here pretty soon. Rashard Fenton, he's going to be coming back also. Uh, McDuffie is probably our best cornerback on the team. Rashad Fenton, he has experience. I know that Rashad Fenton also has problems with pass interference and holding and grabbing. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I trust him or not. Steve Spagnolo, our defensive coordinator, he's going to put him on the field regardless. And so that's his way of trusting Rashad. And so he's going to be out there regardless. And I think, you know, injuries, injuries always happen in the NFL. They're kind of unpredictable. You don't know who's coming in, out. Like Jamar Chase, he's he's on IR for the next four to six weeks. So, okay. yeah, not a fun one. No, nothing that you – obviously you don't want injuries, but injuries are part of the game. So I, I think that our – we're going to have a more complete roster. Mm-hmm. Frank Clark's going to be back. Willie, Willie Gay's going to be back, most likely. And that's what I'm making my prediction on. And what makes you think the Texans aren't going to be in the Super Bowl? Texans? The Texans? Thy Texans? Thy Texans. Thy Texans? Like the worst team in the NFL? Thy Texans. Texans, baby. I don't know. The Texans... Are gonna have to show me something. Davis Mill, David Mills, is it Davis Mills or David Mills? I think it's David Mills, and he's gonna have to show me something at that quarterback spot to, for him to have that starting job for the future. You know, um, that it's just the whole organization as a whole is just deteriorating before our very eyes. When Deshaun Watson was there, uh, he's a, he's another topic in of itself we'll talk about him on another day but um what do you think about the ravens the ravens when lamar jackson plays really well in a fourth qu- quarter let me know and they'll be in contention also their dbs are going to get burned in the playoffs by mccall juju mvs Kadarius tony who we just got in a trade by the way that's for a third and a fifth um, round pick. He's going to be more a part of the offense in the future. Um, right now, he, he'll just be kind of, he's going to be learning the offense for like the next month or two. He's not going to probably play a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, And what's funny is he, he was supposed to be like the Giants. He was a first round pick last year and the Giants – didn't play him at all and he's healthy wow explain that one to me i don't know explain the giants to me yeah they've had a good season they're they're five and two is that right man yeah six and one six and one six and one the jets are five and two which ironically enough both new york teams are really good this year i don't know how they're getting by it's like it, well, I can explain it from the Giants' perspective. Saquon Barkley, he's like... He's the, the man. He is the man. 
He is the heart and soul of that team. And he, he is taking it up a notch. Dayball, they got a competent head coach in New York, which is fantastic um, for them in a sense. I'm not there, so I'm not a giant. I'm not a real Giants fan. You know, I rooted for them both times in the Super Bowl when Eli Manning played, and then I've never rooted for them since. And, you know, as much as I hate Tom Brady, you know, as we all do. Um, yeah, the Giants, they've... Daniel Jones has been playing awful. He's been playing decently well. He's not good or great, but he's playing well enough that he's not costing them games like he did in the past. He's not throwing picks. He's not fumbling the football, which he's he's being a game manager right now. So I would say that's the reason why. If he kept doing Daniel Jones type stuff, then I'd say that would be the reason why they are winning or losing, but he's not doing that right now. So that's good. Also, f- for the other team in New York, they're also kind of doing the same thing their running back, uh, Brees Hall, just went down with an ACL. He's out for the year. He was playing just as great as Saquon was. Wow. And, you know, ru- both both of their offenses are run-heavy offenses. They're not really explosive pass-wise. pass, pass offenses wise. They're, It's not like you're going to see 300 yards and, like, four no, touchdowns. It's not an air raid. Yeah, it's not an air raid in New York. It's it's running the football, playing sound offense, not making sure you turn the football over, and and playing really great defense on the other end. They both New York teams have really top ten defenses. Honestly, honestly, they do, and they're playing out of their minds right now. So that is why the New York teams are playing really well. I think Eagles. Being for the NFC in the Super Bowl seems like the best bet right now. They just got Robert Quinn in a trade. And if you guys don't know who Robert Quinn is, he he had 18 sacks last year. The man only has one this year. And that Eagles front seven is probably one of the best front sevens in all the NFL. Um, and they just added a man that he averages eight sacks a year. And so he's his sacks numbers are going to just go up. And basically you want what how the, the Rams won the Super Bowl last year is they got guys, they got some of the best defensive pass rushers in the NFL, and they got them one-on-one matchups. And that's what the Eagles are kind of trying to do in Philadelphia. They're trying to get their best pass rushers on one-on-one matchups and just absolutely annihilate people. And right now I'm not making, like, I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to win over over the Eagles because we haven't gotten there yet. But, you know, um, but. How would they win over the Eagles if they were to win? They would have to run the football like no other, and uh, and that's the thing with this Chiefs offense. They they rotate three guys, so it's not just one guy running the football. It's three guys, 
That Pacheco's and been killing it. Pacheco, I really like Pacheco, and he'll be the starting running back next year. He's just not the guy this year, unfortunately. I I wish that they would just stick to one guy and and just run with it, but they don't. And why do you think that is? Do you think just to manage I, load management? All three guys, I, kind of in a sense, but not really. I think all three guys, Jet McKinnon, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and uh, Pacheco, they all they all have different skill sets and plays designed for them, and it's all kind of based on the defensive front that they're playing. And so I wish that they would just stick with one guy and just run with it. Like, you know if Jabal Charles was there, he'd be the only one only running back in the game. Like, it wouldn't be Jamal Charles, Isaiah Pacheco, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It would just be Jamal Charles. You'd see Jamal Charles on all three plays, without a doubt. And then every now and then, you might get Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and then maybe, maybe Pacheco. But it would just be Jamal Charles, if if we were back in the old days. Or like Priest Priest Holmes, if he were, if he were there same ordeal so I feel like they don't they know that they don't have a Jamal Charles and a Priest Holmes so they do it running back by committee and I think that they would rather prefer it that way I'd I kind of honestly wish they wouldn't but it is what it is um we just somebody they I would want them to get the ball to the hottest hand and it and that would just be in the moment you could tell oh all right Clyde Edwards Lair he's getting like six yards carry let's just keep giving him the ball that was the downfall of the Bengals and Chiefs game was they kept trying to say Pat get us out of this situation and make the best of this this moment and we should have been running the football like no other because they were playing three defense alignment on the front. And that's basically in a sense, daring the, uh, daring the team to run it because they're putting so many people in coverage that they're like, you're not going to run the football. We know you're not going to run the football. We're daring you to run the football and you're not. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it's the most infuriating thing on planet earth when the chiefs, when, there's an absolute outline for how to beat a team and they're they're daring you they're like we dare you to run the football we know you're not going to do it so we're going to play all our guys in coverage and come up with this brilliant scheme and and we'll just make Mahomes have to absolutely pull a magic rabbit out of his butt and like be the magician be the super super magician and just the way that they played that coverage in the second half against the Bengals um they kept mixing it up um basically they only had three three different linemen and a spy and so um anytime Mahomes would try and get out of the pocket try and make a play he'd have a man run him down he was specifically designed to keep Mahomes there and like also what what doesn't help is our wideouts weren't winning their one-on-one matchups and 
yeah, so it just, it, it was a culmination of things. It wasn't just Mahomes. It was guys not winning their one-on-one matchups. Defense having a sound plan defensively. It was a multitude of other things. So back to the, the Eagles and the Super Bowl. I would say, it, I mean, right now Philly's been playing just darn good. Um, you haven't really seen any weaknesses from Philly either. So, you know, as much as I, lo- I love being the homeboy and Ryan with the Chiefs, that that'd be a super close Super Bowl matchup. I'd say that's a coin flip. That's a it's 50-50. Any anything goes. The Eagles so. have been there before. They have playoff experience. One one guy, Brandon Graham, he's one of their defensive pass rushers. Um right now, he's I believe him and Jason Kelsey are like the only guys on that on squad. That. Yeah, are from that squad. Wow. Um, the head coach, he's gone. The they brought a new regime in. Um but yeah, so the we'll Kelsey's see. the winners. So you went Chiefs, Eagles mm-hmm. for the sake of division. I will go Bills, Eagles. I think that if the Bills beat the Chiefs, they will move on and that doesn't seem like a ludicrous thing to imagine. The Bills, we've seen it before. We beat them by the skin of our teeth mm-hmm. in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be tough to imagine them beating us. So I like riding with the Chiefs too, but you went first. You're riding with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Chiefs. I definitely want them to win. But my prediction will be Eagles-Bills. Eagles-Bills. Okay. That's that's a, that's a quite a shock. I'll say that. Not really. What's been quite a shock is we're going to transition to college football now. KU starting off five and zero. Their last three games they've they've lost all three. Jalen Daniels went down with an injury. He'll he'll be coming back here pretty soon. Um, when is he expected to come back? I think before the end of the season. It's like a game or two right before the end of the season. He could come back even earlier. Um, but I there's that's the thing. There was a tweet that came out that said Jalen Daniels out for the season. Out for the season. Jalen Daniels was like, "That's news to me." Yep. Like, <laughs> um, huh? Fake news. Yeah. So uh, we we bamboozled him. I yeah. mean, we five zero. We get college game day. Yeah. Crushing it, and then TCU, Oklahoma, yeah. Baylor. I mean, respectable football programs. If you're gonna lose to anybody, then. Mm-hmm. lose to some of them mm-hmm. i would loved for us to win that tcu game we didn't yeah, it was close tcu yeah. trounced oklahoma i'm thinking okay but in the back of my head maybe this is just growing up in oklahoma and sooner football being the might that it is i it was still hard for me to fathom ku beating oklahoma uh people were saying tcu just crushed oklahoma it was so embarrassing yeah we won some points off TCU. We lost the game ultimately, but at least we put up a few. Um, yeah, I mean, I say we bamboozled them. It, that's a little strong, but we did come off really hot, and then now we're fading out. I hear people now saying, hey, as long as we're bowl eligible. 
We we just need one win. <laughs> just need one win, right? Just one win. And it's like this conflict of KU football mentality in the past. If we can make it to a bowl game, that's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. But whenever you start off 5-0 and you're in the AP national rankings top 20, then our expectations should change a bit. Yeah. So definitely tough to have three back-to-back losses. But KU has taken a lot of national media attention. Mm-hmm. I hope we can get back in the circulation. Overall, the season's been a win. If we can get Jalen Daniels, he was crushing it. He yeah. was a little Lamar Jackson protege, prodigy, mm-hmm. protege. He was doing incredible things. Whenever Bean came in on that TCU, he almost set a record for second-half touchdowns. Shout-out to him. That was really incredible. Uh, but, yeah, I hope a speedy recovery for him because he was putting on some highlights. Yes, indeed. And Jalen uh, Daniels was – he was going to be like – he was going to be top five Heisman, and he was on pace uh, to be a Heisman candidate. I mean, if they would have ended the season, like, let's say, uh, how many games they played? Twelve? So, like, let's say seven and five. I mean, that's, even though they've lost five games, I I say that they're on pace to be seven and five. Um I think he he'd have to be Heisman because they only won one game last year and to put on six more games this year and to put on the performance that he did in all of those games was just it was magnificent. I mean like to do it the way he did it. Yeah, that's the way one he thing. did. The way he did it. It's the entertainment value. Yeah. It's the being good at football is one thing, entertaining a crowd's another. Mm-hmm. And with your context being Kansas football, that's not known as a winning team. Yeah. So whenever it's, you it's heartbreaking. Right. Whenever you bring a quarterback in here that isn't supposed to be that good, and then all of a sudden he's showing out and he leads the team to a five oh lead. That's definitely yeah. Heisman worthy if he were to keep up that level of competition just whenever you imagine all the context that would be a really big deal if he did win the Heisman now we know he's not unfortunately due to injury but if he were to a Kansas quarterback win the Heisman that would be awesome Mm -hmm. has that happened before no (laughs) I can't think of a a Heisman quarterback or player in KU history Uh, I don't know a whole lot of KU history I'll be honest um, when it comes to football, but, um, I'll ask know. our friend Google. So, um, but yeah, that, um, that's probably the most, one Who's of the most shocking things in the NFL is probably that. And then Tennessee beating Alabama as well. It was like a couple weeks ago. I got some Tennessee fans that I know pretty well. And I was just imagining what their place was like. They were going they to be through the goalpost into the the Laker River. It, like that thing is ancient history now. If you look it up on Google Maps, uh the uh the goalpost of where that is, it actually places it in the lake. How cool. <laughs> Shout out to Google Maps doing that. Who do you oh think Kansas g- is gonna beat? You mentioned 
I you look expect at their them. schedule. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Kansas State. I think we could beat K-State. That will be a good game. I don't know if we'll win. What? How do you feel about Oklahoma State? Well, I'm going to be at that game. So, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, I'd say if they, Texas Tech would be the game, I feel like. Um, they're going to put up a good fight against Oklahoma State. They're going to put up a, a good fight against everybody. That's the thing that Jalen Daniels said that he wanted to do this year was to be close in every game. Mm. And, and, and he knew that, obviously, this, they weren't going to win every game, but he wanted to make sure we're not – it's not complete blowouts, like, every game. Like, uh, they predicted KU to be at the bottom 12 – like the bottom team at the Big 12 this year in football. Wow. And obviously that's not the case. And so, you know, we have guys performing on uh, on all stages. The offense is, is doing its job. The defense, defense has had its moments. It's come up with stops before, but not consistently. They can't string them together. But um, there's been games where they've they've shown out and they've they've played their tails off like Iowa State, the 14-11 game. And I was at that game. I've, I've done all the KU football home games for Chick-fil-A catering. Um, and so that's been something to behold because uh, there's nowhere to really move in that stadium because it's just all crowded with people. And it'll probably be that same way on Saturday, November 5th, my birthday, as a matter of fact. So... Say happy birthday to me if you see me at that game. Shout out to Ashton, November fifth. Yeah, be twenty four. I can't believe it. But Kobe um, Bryant. Yep, Mamba, rest in peace. Um, I would say that would, Texas Tech would probably be the game that they steal. Um, that they, they could try and do it against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is ranked ninth in the uh, in the country right now. So, um. So yeah, uh, do they have a bye week this week? I think that they do. They may have a bye week because I'm only seeing four teams on their schedule right now. Yeah, Oklahoma State, Kansas, uh, against Texas Tech, Texas, and then K State. Let's so beat Texas again. I would sure hope so. That game is actually here in Lawrence. That's going to be awesome. And I have no choice but to work that game. <laughs> So, Iowa State 0-4 in conference games. Yeah. So we won't be the bottom of the Big 12 this year. I'll just say that. And that's something to hang my hat, head, up, head upon and to be proud of. Proud. So um, I would say, do you have any college football national championship predictions? Hmm. Or you can do the playoff picture and have it just be the four teams. We could do both, but... Um. Now, a team that I don't want to say, but I will say, Clemson. Mm-hmm. It's looking good. They haven't lost. Michigan hasn't lost. I think SEC will still have two teams in it. So, I want to say Georgia and Tennessee... Michigan and Clemson. 
Mm, that's nice. Georgia and Tennessee is quite nice. Neither of them have got a loss. So you're, you you said Tennessee, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan. Yeah. Now, I think how the bracket and the playoff picture would work is they would have, let's say, Tennessee and Tennessee and Clemson, Michigan and Georgia. I think that's how it would go. And then I think those would be some great games. I'm going to I'm going to do something here and I'm going to say Georgia gets upsetted by Michigan. Michigan, well, Michigan will beat Georgia and Tennessee will beat Clemson and that will be your national championship. Tennessee and Michigan. Mm, I'd love to watch that game. That that would be the most interesting college football national championship game we've watched in the last 10 years. I would love for Tennessee to be down Michigan. Yeah. We we like that that'd be a first. That would be like no Bama, yeah, no Clemson. No, no Bama, no Clemson. No Georgia. That that'd be like that'd be a revival for college football and that would be the thing that everybody would want like new teams uh, up on the rise so it's not just Nick Saban and Alabama and Dabo Sweeney and Clemson and and then Georgia and Kirby yeah Kirby Smart and so that's that's a good prediction I was looking at Michigan looking at Clemson you know Wake Forest almost beat Clemson it's a really close game mm-hmm. shout out to my alum Wake Forest I would love for them to continue doing well and make it to the playoffs. But as far as championship contender, it'd be awesome to see Tennessee make it all the way. Yes. Especially upsetting Alabama, getting a new addition to Google Maps, then winning national champs. I know my dad would be through the roof happy if Tennessee were to win. Um, so for those that didn't know, for those that don't know, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee, and so my dad grew up in that area. Um, my dad has a twin brother, Danny. They grew up in that area. Shout so. out to Danny. Yep. Uh, and so um, they both are big Tennessee fans. And Hooker has been playing quite well at the quarterback spot. He's gonna. He's in competition. Um, he's um, known for being the Heisman uh, favorite with C.J. Stroud as well and, and other guys. But um, he's in competition for it right now. And uh, so we'll see. Um, but, yeah, that's my favorite. I'm rooting for them regardless. Go Vols. And so that's my championship prediction. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the time that we've all been waiting for. First week of NBA has finally been upon us and actually um it's been all right um been some prizes here and there um i would say what what's the team that you really want to watch right now mm-hmm. um that i ask you chris cuz i have a couple of teams that i really want to watch but they could be teams that you probably don't want to be want to watch so sure, I want to hear some different opinions here. So you know, looking at all the different matchups, there are some lineups that could be radioactive nuclear 
options. For instance, the Clippers, mm-hmm. they got Paul George, John Wall, Kawhi Leonard. Crazy. But answering this question is tough because just that instance, that I that example I mentioned, there's minute restrictions on these guys. Mm-hmm. So ramping into the season, this first week we've had a little bit of a preview, but there's been coaches who have decided to keep people on the side, which you have a lot of people coming back, right? Like Michael yeah. Porter Jr., Jamal mm-hmm. Murray, Clay Thompson, a lot of guys who are recovering from injury, and they want a slow introduction back in the game. So as far as teams to watch, I do like that Clippers team just because whenever you get Kawhi Leonard in Kawhi Leonard mode, it is insane. He mm-hmm. is the board man. The board man gets paid. He can get his rebounds. He can take it to the hoop. I love his pull-up jumper. He's known as the claw, so he pulls his weight defensively. Love that guy. If the Brooklyn Nets figure out this whole chemistry problem, they can do some incredible things, too. I was watching the game last night mm-hmm. against the Mavs. They went into overtime. I'm so grateful they did because I was one point short on a prop with betting, and Kevin Durant hit a bucket. Thank you, KD. But they went into overtime due to a, this isn't the only reason, but largely in part, Ben Simmons got a steal, handed it off to KD, KD jammed it. Now, a lot of focus on Ben Simmons, primarily because he has one of the weirdest trajectories out of any NBA player, the weirdest storylines. Kyrie was asked about Ben Simmons and whether or not he should be more aggressive. And Kyrie said, hey, he's played three games, four games. Mm-hmm. Like, that, let's give this guy a little more time. So I, I think there's merit there. I think he ne- needs to have a little more time. But if they could figure that out, that's another great team to watch. The defending champs, Golden State Warriors, we love them. Steph Curry, he set the three-point record of all time. And... He hasn't turned his back on the three cents. He's still hitting threes. Jordan Poole, he's my assist guy. I love him. If you guys are wanting to bet on something, bet Jordan Poole the assist line because he is turning into a facilitator. We already knew that he could get a bucket. He's a triple threat option. He can shoot from the deep. You better not be costing people their money here. (laughs) I do not encourage it. He can shoot from the three. He can drive to the basket, finish with his left hand or his right hand. And now he's turning into a facilitator. Not to mention he creates his own shot. So he can create his own shot or he can be a spot-up shooter. I'm loving Jordan Poole. The Poole party, the Warriors organization is as well because they just cut him a big check. Same thing with Andrew Wiggins. He got a payday. Mm-hmm. We love Andrew Wiggins here. Jayhawk. Yes. Jayhawk Nation. Shout out to him. He was with, uh, who was he with? Timberwolves? Yep, he was with the the Timberwolves. He was with the Timberwolves. and just only the Timberwolves. For some reason, I thought he was with another team, but it was just the Timberwolves he got traded over. He was one of their first options, but for some reason his development was odd there. And then once he got teamed up with the Development Association at the Warriors, they were able to really develop him into he... An all-star. An all-star. I mean... He went into the all-star game. He was guarding... Luca, he was guarding Jason Tatum. 
he was putting up numbers as well. He was getting really key rebounds at the very end of that national championship run. So we really owe a lot to Andrew Wiggins, and we owe a lot to Jordan Poole. So I'm glad they both got paid. Now, someone I haven't mentioned is Draymond Green. He oh, that guy. He cold-clocked Jordan Poole. Totally not a fan of that. I recognize there is a high level of intensity in sports. Mm-hmm. I recognize that there is a built-in just status quo level of aggression. We have reinforced that with this whole idea of Mamba mentality and this whole idea of go to the basket like at all means necessary. Do what you can do to make your team win. So sports are aggressive. That's been the case with basketball, with football, with soccer, a lot of different sports. There's physical contact. But to hit one of your young guys like that, especially when you're a vet, you have four NBA championships under your belt, and you pride yourself as being the heart of the team, that doesn't align. It's not a good move. It's not a good leadership move. I know the Warriors organization, they basically focused more on the video getting leaked than him actually knocking – I don't know if he actually knocked him out, but he looked like he slumped him. Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. And now he's back in the rotation. Draymond did a little mini docu-series about the punch, or he kind of apologized. I know he's doing his own podcast thing. He's getting to the basket a lot. The past few games, he's been a lot more aggressive offensively. If he keeps that up, that's going to be a dangerous piece for the Warriors because – one thing they don't lack is scores. And if you get their defensive masterpiece, Draymond Green, who can facilitate like nobody's business, and now he's also scoring, they're more deadly than they were before. So teams to watch, the Clippers, the Nets, the Warriors. There's a lot more I haven't mentioned. I mean, the Denver Nuggets, they got back two of their prize jewels that they didn't have previously. The Celtics, Jason Tatum's figuring out how to facilitate more. We saw that in order for him to make it as far as he did in the finals, he had to facilitate because Mm -hmm. everybody was focusing on him. So he's adding that to his game. He's a young guy. Yeah, I understand that. Um, My team basically is uh, basically the Memphis Grizzlies. And why I say the Memphis Grizzlies not because I'm was born there, but it's because they got John Morant. John Morant is the guy. He's and a weeping lizard. I've been saying that since day one on this podcast. I've wanted him. I obviously I wanted Zion in that moment back in the draft. But I would not change a darn thing since then. Not a thing. Not at all. As a matter of fact, I'm glad Memphis took Ja Morant, and they the development of this team has been crucial. We lost the Anthony Melton to the 76ers. We lost a couple of guys. That's okay. We didn't lose the main guy because he's the engine that keeps this running. And they had a chance. I I uh, okay. I haven't done a podcast since we did the Ja Morant. Um, it's been what, uh, it's been quite a while since my last, last podcast and we're kind of picking up. Why is that? 
from a big gap. So uh, a, a couple of things in my life kind of popped up, um, just got busy over time, kind of forgot about the podcast for a minute. Um, I also, this is my first time editing podcasts and basically having full control of over all of it. And the person that basically got me back into all of that was you, Chris. Um, you know, you said that you were getting back into the pot, that you were starting your podcast. And I was like, yeah, I was talking about my podcast. And you kind of basically, you kind of pushed me to get back into it. And uh, here we are. Here we are. And, uh, you know, kind of, I didn't have the, the gear that I needed. I have a lot of the gear that I needed now. Um, and so, you know, got this, this stuff is not cheap. This, this stuff is not cheap as expensive you, as hobby. It's, it is, it, it definitely is, but it pays off when you have all of it and then you don't have to buy it all again. Um, what's funny is I got, uh, I bought a condenser mic and, uh, now I can't even use it because, uh, <laughs> can you return it? I'm going to have it as a backup. That's my goal is to keep it for a backup option in case like if I can't get people to come on the podcast, I can just be like, okay, I can just plug it in and just keep it and use it. So it's back in my closet. It's being hidden right now. I'll remember when I move out and be like, oh yeah, I have this. So that'll be the, uh, the funny thing. But, um, so Memphis Grizzlies, John yeah. Morant, John Morant is insane. Yes. If he has the ball and he's within, he's going to be MVP this year. You, that's your MVP candidate. That's John my Morant. MVP candidate, candidate in prediction. And I truly do believe, if John Morant was healthy when they played the Warriors in the uh, in the playoffs, nobody could guard the guy. Nobody could stop him. It did not matter who you put in front of him: Draymond, Andrew, anybody, anybody. Nobody could stop the dude. So, I honestly thought that they had a they actually had a shot to pull off the upset that nobody really honestly saw. And so, you know, the Warriors, they're a great team. They'll always be great. I, when, like, back in the day when they got to the finals the first time, I would have never thought now that they would still be relevant. I would have been like, oh, they they would have been relevant for like a few years. They'd probably still be quite relevant. They'd probably still be getting to the playoffs, but not like championship status like all the time. I thought they'd kind of be like the Spurs. They'd have that two-year window, and then they'd be done. Mm -hmm. KD took it to another level, and then Draymond never left. Honestly, he probably should have left when he cost him that, that championship back in like 2015, 2016 to the uh to the Cavaliers like for pulling the stunt fouling that he, out yeah fouling out and then being suspended for a game for his uh his stuff to the to the his ref, technicals his technicals and so I I honestly thought that was enough for them to be like you cost us a championship get your butt out of here we mm -hmm. we can do this without you but they didn't do that and they've stuck with this guy and he punched another teammate, and he, he has been headaches, but he's had his moments as well. And they're sticking with him since. And they're, and they're still sticking with this dude. And so I've, 
honestly, I wish that they would have cut him a long time ago. Um, you know, I thought that was the right move for them, but you know, obviously they they said we're sticking with him, and so Clay drains Steph. Yeah, those are supposed to be the three guys. Now, one thing I've heard about Draymond Green that I am curious about if we could make this experiment take place in real life is this idea of and honestly same thing applies to clay thompson but with draymond green if he were on any other team would he be an all-star same thing with clay thompson if clay thompson were on any other team would he be an all-star that's true because i feel like clay is one of the greatest shooters ever but like he had the best shooter of all time with him and if you take take him away, what is he really? Whenever you have, like, I don't I don't know how to evaluate him without Steph Curry. Exactly, and that's one of the questions about Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. But we don't have to speculate on it, speculate on it too much. It is an interesting thought experiment. The truth is that Draymond Green, his defensive IQ and his pace management, typically the point guard runs the court. And Steph Curry does that. But he has Draymond Green with him to facilitate, mm-hmm. to be a defensive cornerstone. Then you have Klay Thompson, who has arguably, in my opinion, the prettiest jump shot in the whole entire league. Mm-hmm. It is textbook. He can hit mid-range. He can be defensive. He's a 3 and D guy, but he's a little bit more than that. And then Steph Curry. I know you love John Morant. Steph Curry, best point guard in the league, in my opinion. So, if you can have Steph Curry okay, pull up, okay, I am a little biased in this situation, <laughs> but keep going. If you can have Steph Curry pull up from super deep, he can finish. We saw that late in the finals this last year. He had his night night celebration whenever he would just take it to the hoop and finish. Now he's not finishing like John Morant, but he is finishing. So, getting those three guys together, I can see why the Warriors organization, when you're thinking about business. Business is winning. Business is championships. Winning helps everything. When you think about that, that's why they're riding with Dre. Dre, Clay, and Steph have done it four times. They want them to do it again. Now, you mentioned whenever they won initially, you were thinking, man, there's no shot. These guys are still going to be relevant. And that was the narrative two years ago, right? Like Clay, Dre, Steph, really last year in regular season, they only played together less than an hour of actual playing time together, right? So the fact that they would win the championship was unheard of and they won the ring. So yeah, I can see how you would be surprised. Um, I'm loving uh, Grizzlies-Warriors matchup in the playoffs to seven. Christmas Day, count on it. Yeah, I'm loving the Christmas Day. I I want them to play in the playoffs. I love Jaws' energy. I love how he can chop it up how he can jaw with the people like jaw he's jawing with other people he's so good such an incredible basketball player such an incredible athlete and he brings out the best in his team which is my favorite thing about him not Mm -hmm. only is he a guy who can fly through the arena but he's got that dog in him Mm -hmm. yes he does so (sighs) um i would say those have been the bright spots of this of this year so far who have again kind of the same thing as the and what we did with the nfl who 
who's been the biggest disappointment? And I would say, long and behold, it's the Lakers. By far. 0-4. Oh, 0-4. Oh, They're probably going to start the year 0-11, oh, 1-10, probably around there. It's not LeBron. I mean, LeBron can only do so much. And the, the Lakers don't have any shooting. And Russell Westbrook, instead of attacking the basket, he settles for a jump shot against the Trailblazers, and he bricks it. I mean, those guys, if you could get a million dollars for every brick you throw, those guys would be gazillionaires. My gosh. Those guys don't know how to hit a wide-open bucket to save their lives. As LeBron says, we couldn't throw a penny in the ocean. Yeah. So, it's... That that is the team that gives you the the most headache. The just shoot me now. I don't want to watch them. Type vibes. They're uh, like I really, honestly, I, I I have multiple questions here. Of what team do you care for? What team do you not care for? Who's been biggest? Who has impressed you? Who's biggest disappointment? I mean, Lakers by far the biggest disappointment and the. I don't really care to watch them, honestly. Just because, like, I know that it's going to be a loss. It's the season has already, they're kind of already putting it to bed. And the season just started, and they don't have the talent to really get back into the mix, into the hunt. They, sad to say, have to trade Russell Westbrook. What are they going to do with Russ? They have to trade him. They ha- they have no choice. The man does not fit into the system. And th- no matter how you slice it, even if he's coming off the bench, he I mean it's just it's just not working. Mm-hmm. And you know, Darvin Ham has tried to talk to him, convince him, attack the basket, attack the basket, don't settle for jump shots. And he's doing the exact opposite of what Darvin Ham wants. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is going to do what he wants at the end of the day. And he's kind of, he's burnt out his 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 stay in Los Angeles. And I I don't know where what team is going to take him, honestly. I, I, I don't know. Uh, tell me what team wa- that you would say he would go to. I, I Go back to OKC, Russ. I, I don't know. Like that would be se- fun. Send it, give him a, a farewell tour in Oklahoma City. I don't know. I Oklahoma City, Russ, was awesome to watch. Yes, he was. He was so electric and similar to Russell Wilson. He goes to a different market and something happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the Lakers. Man, they're struggling. The Lakers are struggling. LeBron James is... A great basketball player. That's an understatement. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, he's had some high moments. I mean, he dropped 27 on the Warriors. I watched that. Each of those hurt. But there's glimmers of big things for him. Russell Westbrook isn't fitting. That's tough. But that's the truth. You're right. Either they put him as the sixth man and they try and build a bench around him, but... It seems like they've done that, and no avail. So Darvin Ham, head coach, is going to have to figure something out. One thing that I want to highlight is 
something I've been impressed by mm-hmm. some of the rookies. So our very own Christian Brown, mm-hmm. he is getting minutes with the Denver Nuggets. He is. I was watching. And he got the game ball. Got the game ball. Well, you can continue. I was watching Jokic talk to Christian Brown, telling him what to do. I mean, he was just guarding LeBron James. How crazy of a life is that? You have the Joker telling you what to do whenever it comes to basketball. You're ding up LeBron James. Shout out to him. Shout out to him repping the Jayhawk Nation. I wish nothing but the best for you. Other rookies, Benedict, Matt Turin, crushing it. He's had some incredible games coming off the bench. Then Paulo Vincaro, he's doing incredible. He just set a record for being a rookie with, what, six 20-point games coming out of the season. So we've had some impressive rookies. This is Victor Juan Banyama. Oh, my gosh. That dude is insane. Insane. Super excited. But he's, he's coming in next year's draft. If coming you didn't in next know. year. And so there's there's he's the best prospect to come into the NBA like ever. And so teams, there's a possibility that teams are already possibly in, in quotations tanking, um, tanking without tanking. Um, the Lakers are 0 4. I mean, even if they got him, I, I don't know what what would happen. If you got LeBron James, one of the greatest minds to play basketball, but teaching he, him. But here's the thing. He had the ability to have Andrew Wiggins, and he said, trade him. Trade him. I don't want Andrew Wiggins. I don't want him. Tough. So I, I don't know if LeBron in his 21st or 22nd season is going to be patient with Victor. So I think – yeah, if that, I mean, th- I don't see them getting Victor, but if they were to land him, I mean, I feel like the Lakers would just trade him anyways. <laughs> yeah, I don't want him to start off with the Lakers. I think that Anywhere. Hollywood, L.A., like that, puts a lot of emphasis on things other than basketball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when has been training with the coach that brought Dirk up and – their whole emphasis there is just focus on the fundamentals, play beautiful basketball, don't think about all this other stuff. And so far, that's been really good for him. It's gotten to the point tanking-wise where Adam Silver, league commissioner, is talking about how they are trying to introduce measures to prevent tanking. Mm -hmm. And we've seen big prospects before. Zion was a big one. Mm -hmm. I mean... The chosen one, LeBron James, 17, 16 years old on Sports Illustrated cover. Like, we've had really big prospects. But to see this guy who's 7'4", he can dribble, he can shoot, he can block, he can pull up, he can create his own shot. It's insane. Yeah. 7'5", my guy. 7'5", can do it all. He's like a Kevin Durant, but he's 7'5", with a, a little bit more muscle to him. And so soon people are going to yeah. be saying seven, six, then seven, seven. Hey, if we can get them up to seven, nine. That's just unreal, man. <laughs> like the also why I would be hesitant on him as like if if I were like to draft him, like, you know, those guys deal with injuries all 
the time yep. as like seven, seven foot and above. Seven five, like any sort of attack on the legs, his career could be short and over. Now, he can do a lot still outside of that. Like, I feel like he could probably take some injuries, and he's going to have injuries without a doubt. Um, it's just it, how long is he out with injuries? That's going to be the question. And is he going to be durable enough um, to keep coming back in, or is he going to be out for long periods of time? It's the multitude of questions with him. You but, see Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Similar instance, really tall guy, lanky. They -hmm. deal with foot injuries. That is one of the most common recurrent injuries. So there's already talk about how he's doing injury prevention measures with his coaching staff and his training team, which is really good to hear. You have to when you're that big. Um, I'm, I'm hoping the best for him. Who's a player that you really want to watch? Who do I really want to watch outside of John Morant? Um, you know, Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans. Sorry, I'm going to sneeze again. (coughs) Bless you. Thank you. Um, Ja, Brandon, um, those are some guys. Um, What makes you say Brandon Ingram? He's kind of like a a poor man's uh, Kevin Durant. Um, you know, he's... Honestly, that's what he is. Um, and so, he's really great with the ball in his hands. He He's electric. Um, he's out due to concussion right now. Um, so, that's one thing that sucks. But um, Zion will be coming back here pretty soon. And Brandon, it might be like an, a week or two before he comes back. So, um, but yeah. Uh, Pelicans are a team to, they're kind of underdogs. You don't. You don't really know what's gonna happen there. They they got they got dogs, so they they have a chance to they have a chance to beat the Grizzlies, and just from that, the dog factor. Yeah, from the dog factor, they have Jonas Valanciunas, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and that scrappy guy. I'm trying to yeah. think of his name. Uh, they have Herb Jones. Herb Jones is awesome. Um, Devontae Graham. Shout out to uh, KU. Jose Al- Alvarado. Alvarado. That's the guy. Jose Alvarado. Shout out to Jose yes. Alvarado. Getting in CP3's head. CP3 yeah. set a hard screen on him and bounced him out. But yeah. shout out to Alvarado. Yes. So there's guys. And so honestly, it's they have they have dogs. They have experience. Grizzlies have those guys too. Um, they went farther in the playoffs. You kind of expect Kyle the Grizzlies Anderson's out, right? Kyle Anderson is actually with the Timberwolves now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they lost a couple pieces: DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson. Um, so it's it's okay because Kyle Anderson was the slowest man on earth that you could catch up to him. And he still got a bucket. And he though. still got a bucket on you <laughs> yeah. though. And so. It's the same thing with Luca. Luca plays slow. You can catch up defensively. You know what he's going to do, and he you, still gets the bucket. Yeah, you you still know what he's going to do, and he's going to get it. And kind of the same thing a little bit with the Joker. He's slow. 
you know what he's going to do and he gets it done anyways. But yeah, it's slow man. Yeah. These, these guys that have been in the league for numerous years, they play at their own pace and they still know how to get a bucket on you. Even though to the outside, it seems slow. They know exactly how to they, wiggle. They pick their spot. Yeah. They get to it and they know what it takes mm-hmm. to create an open shot. One player that I am really excited to watch, Denver Nuggets, Bones Highland. He is such a shifty player, but one thing I love about him is his attitude. That guy, every single night, looks like he's ready to fight the biggest guy in the court. He has the smile, and you can tell he's on a different planet whenever he's playing basketball. So I'm really excited for Bones Highland. Also Tyrese Maxey. 76ers. I think Bones Highland, Tyrese Maxey, two contenders for most improved player. Tyrese has been crushing it as far as getting to the basket, finishing at the hoop, and putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. So those are two players that I'm excited to watch. All right. Yeah. So I'm. You think in Memphis and championship? They're close. Does I think Memphis get to the finals. I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. From the standpoint of the Warriors, they they have experience. They know how to get there now. And it's just going to be really tough to beat them. And honestly, that's okay cuz we're we're still developing, you know. I'm not it's not finals or bust. Right now here in Memphis, it's still we're developing a team where it's taking the next step. And what I think that next step is the Western Conference Finals. So if they get to the finals, that's that's awesome. That's great. I'll be there. But um, what I really want to see is if they can get to the Western Conference Finals and compete. And they may not get to the finals, but they'll give everybody a, a tough crack in the playoffs and that's what I'm hoping for and that's where I want to see it's going to break my heart but I don't think that they get there I think the Pelicans right now just have too much so finals predictions I'm going to say this and this is going to be nuts but I'm going to say Pelicans and I'm going to say the Brooklyn Nets I just I just Who's going to stop Zion and C.J. McCollum and on the Warriors? Who's going to do it? I feel like the Warriors can put up threes all day long. And I feel like Devontae can match that. C.J., he can match Devontae that. Devontae Graham Devontae can, can match, match Steph Curry putting up threes. In a sense of he's he's a streaky shooter and he can get hot in a hurry. We love Devontae Graham around here. Yeah. KU. And I know I'm throwing out some blasphemy <laughs> right now. And so and you know, I gotta give some some of you guys some blasphemy here. So <laughs> as as much as I think that it sounds nuts and a little crazy and it and it totally is, I think that they can do it. I think like, who's going to stop Zion in the post? Nobody's going to stop Dray- Zion. Draymond's 
I love Draymond. Draymond's not going to stop him because you also have to stop uh, Jonas Valanciunas. And, and those are two guys that are just unmovable. They bully you. And so they're going to get their points in the paint. It's And if anything, that's going to keep them in the game. And in the series, in most series, um, is they're a lot of what they're going to do is attack the basket and then kick it out for three-point shots. And they got Brandon Ingram, who can put up buckets. Zion, who's a beast on the boards and can dunk it whenever. Also, Jonas, he can, he's, he's slithery in the post. CJ McCollum can put up buckets. He can, he can lead the offense. He's a playmaker. He can do it. Um, Who's guarding Steph? Jose Alvarado? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's the thing, though. Defense. You've got to stop the Warriors at some point. And do I think... I think the Pelicans can... Uh, they can hold teams. That's my thought about the yeah. Warriors. Nobody's stopping Zion. We saw Zion yeah. big man Steven Adams. And Steven Adams is the big man. So if we could limit him... Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, those were two of our defensive pieces. If they could limit him, prevent him from... See, prevention with Zion is tough, but just limit. I would love for Zion to drop 30 on the Warriors. I want to see oh, that. Oh, I'd love it. I would be hooting and hollering. I want to see that. So if they could, if they meet up in the playoffs, that'd be incredible. I'm yes. all about the Grizzlies playing the Warriors. I'm all about the Pelicans playing the Warriors. But Devontae Graham and, what is it, CJ McCollum? Mm-hmm. Like, Shout out to Devontae. I love Devontae Graham. He did so well in Charlotte. Um, hit some big shots. But they are, I mean, the bench is a better shooter than Devontae Graham. Jordan Poole, he's mm-hmm. a better shooter. So, in my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Devontae, or Jordan Poole, it's going to be tough to meet their shooting output. And then if you got Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, they're getting rebounds pretty consistently. Draymond Green's facilitating. You got a big man you didn't have last year with James Wiseman. He's coming in. Moody, he's figuring out his stuff. And then they just got Dante DiVincenzo. He's a great player. Um, And there's some people I'm missing. Jonathan Kuminga, young guy. We like him. Um, PBJ, Patrick Baldwin Jr. He's exciting, so. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I I would love um, to watch your face as the Warriors beat the Pelicans. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I would probably be like, man, you had it. You had it. But um, like like the Memphis Grizzlies, man, you had it. But draw. Yeah. So, um, so that's who I'm predicting. Um, to be in the finals, and you know, last year in the well, actually earlier this year in the national championship, we had uh, Kansas versus UNC, and so uh, we had a national championship here in Lawrence. For those incredible that, that didn't know, that was insanity. Championship air feels yes. different. I did not go down to Mass. I kind of wish I had. But um, 
I didn't know who was going to be down on mass. So, I mean, everybody, but, you know, I was like, eh, I don't want to go. But um, I ended up not going, but it was a party down on mass. And we won't have that again for quite a while, probably. Um, but we did get Grady Dick, um, who was the number one national player of, he's like number one nationally ranked player, um, for college basketball this year. Um, and so, um, did you watch late night at the fog highlights? No, I did not. I was not there for late night at the fog. I was working, I believe. It was Grady Dick didn't do much, but it's like preseason. You can't really yeah. tell. You mm-hmm. know, you, you don't know what people are gonna be like until actual regular season starts and you see the rotations and you see their roles. But it's always nice to get the number one prospect. Yeah. So But KU lost some good guys. Yes, we lost Ochai Baji, Christian Braun, um McCormick, Remy. McCormick. Yep, Remy. So some core guys that Lightfoot. Were Lightfoot. He finally Lightfoot's finally gone. Transcended. <laughs> I wonder what he's yeah. up to. I wonder he's if he in, went he, he overseas. Went, uh, he's overseas now. Yeah. I think in Germany. If I He would fit in. Yeah. Yeah, I wish so. him the best. He really dedicated a lot of time, and I mean a lot of time mm-hmm. to KU. And he had some big plays mm-hmm. in that championship game. I think Mitch McCormick, I imagine, is he in the G League? Do you know? Or David McCormick? David McCormick. There we go. Mitch Lightfoot, David McCormick. Is he in the G League or is he overseas? Or I think he's in the NBA. Nice. Yeah. Just I don't know where. He hit that real big shot over yes. Baycott. Yes, he did. That basically put us like up two points um, for us to for us to hold on for the national championship game. So, you know, that's, that's huge, you know? So, um, who's going to be the sleeper team this season? I don't, I don't really know. Um, who is going to be the sleeper team? Hmm. And so David McCormick plays in a Turkey plays in Turkey. He plays in Turkey. Okay. Never mind. Big change from Kansas. Yeah. But basketball is basketball. The sleeper team this year, I don't know. It has a chance to be Duke because uh, Coach K left. But they could also be the most disappointing team this year because Coach K left. Um, You know, Kansas was really that sleeper team that nobody really saw coming last year. That was the, the team that, you know, everybody was like, uh, they're not winning. Like, nobody had his favorites um, going into that championship game. Uh, all the way up to the championship game. Nobody nobody had us favored um, to win the whole thing. You know, everybody was saying our path was easy, but we, we, had, to, we had to face some teams to get there. Um, and so it, our path was just as normal as everybody else's. Don't, don't say our path was super easy. Our path was like everybody else's. You know, one game elimination, on to the next. And so it, it's fair, you know. You may say the competition was iffy, but oh my. So, so tearing the set down. Yes, I am tearing my mic down. Sleeper but, team, what about St. Peter's? 
Isn't that like a seventh? They were the, what, 16th seed? Yeah. And so they won. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they won like three or four games, didn't mm-hmm. they? Well, that. Three, and that coach two, got paid. Games. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was by far the, the biggest disappointment. Didn't we, didn't we beat them? think we did who beat st peter's um i forget who ended their run it might have been us but i don't know (laughs) off the top of my head um your prediction of national championship uh my prediction of national championship um i say now this is like super early. <laughs> Me Obvious, too. Obviously, I'm just th- picking this, two teams. Yeah, this is like super early. We could come back on this on, on another podcast. Yes. Um, and see how close we got, if even close at all. I'm gonna go with big blue bloods. Um, you know that that doesn't hurt. <laughs> um, I say UNC had a nice game against us, and if their big man wasn't hurt. They had a real shot against us. And I'm going to say UNC and I'm pulling a rabbit out of this one. (laughs) This is just totally random. Um, I'm going to say Kansas. Why not? (laughs) Come on, baby. A a rematch. Yeah, I'm saying Kansas too, and they're going to win. It's going to be a two-peat, and they're going to play Arizona. You're going to say Arizona. <laughs> yeah, because I just thought of Arizona. That's what I'm going to say. Because at this point, we have no clue about injuries. We have no clue about what the next fit is going to be like. But yeah, now these college athletes are getting paid, and I think big markets like Duke and Kentucky, and I think they're going to be focused on getting paid. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the move, but – some other teams are going to be focused on winning championships. In Kansas, we just won. We won it again. We want that two-peat. Bill Self is a machine, and mm-hmm. he's not turning off now. So bring it home, Jayhawks. Yeah. I, so this is for my big boss, Justin. Um, you know Justin. He's my operator at work, and uh, his Iowa team lost, and uh, I uh, was there when that happened. And it's – it's heartbreaking for him. He he kind of he took it like a champ. I'll say that he took it like a champ. It was tough at first, and because I that was I was probably best chance to win it was was that year. I mean, they were on a hot streak, and you know they they had they had a chance, and you know, and you know just to see Justin just broken down like that, you know, emotionally. Not physically. Physically, he's on another planet. But um, that's I don't know what I mean by that. But uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> you think your boss is hot? No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, not like that. He's 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 good. He's like he's he's a good looking dude. Yeah, he's he's good looking dude. Someone but, even say hot. Uh, I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Justin. But um, anyways, so. He's probably listening and listening, laughing so hard right now. But um, so, anyways, but that's Iowa. Iowa could be a sleeper. I was, I'll say Iowa 
is is my sleeper team. Duke could be my most disappointing team. And Kansas is going to be the team in the national championship. Let's go, baby. So I like that. I retweet that. I repeat that. I endorse that. And I agree with that. So Iowa, surprise, Duke, they're sleeping. No, Duke disappointing. And then Kansas is winning. Yeah. So, all right, guys. That's it for today on the Ashton Baker podcast. Thank you so much, Chris, for having for for being on the podcast and today thanks am, for having me on man of course and so guys click and subscribe into the podcast follow, hit that follow button uh and wherever you get your podcasts i'm posting this to anchor later today so um i just got to figure out some tweaks gonna edit this a little bit so it sounds nice clear and cut and then we'll be you'll you'll hear it pretty soon um I'm hoping to add it here on the uh here in the afternoon in the podcast if not later tonight so i'll be making some edits making some final cuts and then we'll we'll get out of here so yeah. thank you guys for having for listening today i know this was a really long episode but there was there's quite a few things i wanted to cover and you haven't talked to him in a and, bit and this yeah it's been a minute so time to catch up i, I don't think episodes are going to be this long normally so with that being said, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the podcast. Thank and you, man. I know some people who would love to be on this. Oh, I know. I think you need to hit up. I ha- I already ha- am making a list in my head as we speak. So I would love to be back on. And I'm oh, you're for sure coming back on because you know we gotta we gotta see if these predictions pan out. Yeah. So you gotta hold me to the fire a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And so. I am grateful that we're doing the podcasting thing together. Uh, keep it up and yeah. folks we'll see you yeah. next time uh, before you before we click off what is your podcast name again yes so it's launching Christmas Day 2022 talk to people with Chris Miller you'll be able to find it on Apple Apple Podcasts Spotify Podcasts the easiest thing is just to go to talk to people podcast.com and you will be guided from there so okay, 1225 Merry Christmas folks yeah and if you guys were wanting to know where I'm posting my podcast it's going to be uh, YouTube Spotify and Apple as well so alright guys Chris you're going to have to join in on this so when I click off we're sa- we always say ubi ubi guys so ubi right. ubi guys ubi ubi <laughs>